Just wrapped up a, a good first practice um, of, of what we consider a, a new start, um, a fresh start. Um, you know, I think the uh, the theme of the day was energy. Um, the theme of the day was, um, you know, just going out and, and, and finding uh, a whole bunch of, of fun in the game of football. Um, and, and I think the players responded um, tremendously well. It's not been an easy three, four days um, for these players. It certainly hasn't been an easy few days for us as coaches. Um, but we're all in this situation for a reason. Um, we believe that. And, uh, and our players uh, have really bought into the mission of, of going out and, and just having fun and fly around the football field. And, um, you know, I talked with the team after the game that, you know, energy at practice uh, doesn't guarantee you anything, but it gives you a chance. And that's what we believe is that, um, you know, when we can find uh, a defense that plays sound, fast, and simple and flies around, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna respond. And, and they, were, they were much improved today. Um, and a lot of it was just their, their effort and uh, the way they took the field. Um, so it was, it was fun to watch the way that they, um, they went about their business. And today was a day where we created some, some chaos, some, uh, some football situations, and, and had a chance to go line up and play in a less controlled environment. And I think that's where the execution gap has existed for us has been um, executing well in a controlled environment in practice and then going into a quote-unquote chaotic, uh, noise-driven environment on a game day. Um, and then all of a sudden, the execution, the details start to, to fall off. So we're doing everything uh, in our power to recreate those types of situations. And uh, was really pleased with the first day. But um, it's just the first day uh, on a long journey. And, uh, and we're excited about the process of what we're uh, putting together uh, going into this fresh start of the second part of the season. Um, a couple things, just personnel notes. Um, you know, uh, Nate Dodson, who is a graduate assistant, will stay in his uh, graduate, graduate assistant capacity, um, is, but is going to contribute with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, he's going to work with the quarterback position. Uh, we already talked uh, and announced uh, Clay Patterson um, is going to stay with the tight ends, but it's going to assume the role of offensive coordinator. So we've created some, some play calling scenarios today um, ahead of the, um, the, the game week so we could use the bye week as uh, an operational time. Um, Gerald Chapman is still going to work with the defensive line, uh, but uh, assume the role of defensive coordinator. Um, he already had his headsets on and communicating the calls, and it was it was fun to watch him work and the uh, the effort and intensity that he brought to it. Um, two other notes: um, Jeff Smart has been activated um, to um, you know an on the field uh, coaching capacity, um, and so he's going to assist with a position to be determined on defense. Um, you know, Jeff Smart is uh, one of the great buff linebackers, but also just a, a tremendous mind for the game of football. Um, his respect is, uh, is just really across the team for his knowledge of the game, his love for this university, uh, and the value that he brings. We need him to be on the field uh, in that capacity. Um, and then additionally, um, you know, we have elevated uh, Chris Reinhardt from his role of, um, you know, quality control special teams uh, to now being the special teams coordinator. Um, it also frees up two more coaches to go on the road recruiting. Uh, and we're going to hit the road recruiting starting tomorrow afternoon and into Thursday and Friday. Um, go love on these, uh, these players that are, uh, you know, that are out there and, and just spend time with them. So um, uh, with that, I'll open up for questions. So sort of kind of a softball at you, but with the change, uh, you guys have been uh, down in the lower fields all year. Was it intentional to, like, a part of a fresh start, let's get on a new practice field and bring some different energy up here at Franklin? Um, I wish I could say that, Brian. Um, I, I, it worked out with the plan. I was going to do it anyway, but um, we do have a field rotational basis from uh, from the lower fields to the upper fields. Um, I did like that it, it created more of an intimate atmosphere. Um, you know, we had a lot of crowd noise, a lot of music playing, um, and I wanted to create that chaos. And I think that's a little bit more challenging to do um, in our lower fields, which are, are tremendous practice fields. But um, I, I really, uh, I thought it went hand in hand with the goal and the mission 
um, of us going out there and, and, and creating the uh, the game day atmosphere. One, you know, there's one 100 yard field, um, and we wanted to basically create a game day atmosphere. Um, and I think it really did achieve that. You mentioned on Sunday night that you were planning to meet with every player individually. I'm curious how those meetings went and if there was a, a common theme. In, in Something that you heard back from a lot of different players. Yeah, so um, you know, from uh, six forty-five in the morning yesterday. So my first meeting was scheduled for seven. Um, you know, Brady Russell was ready to go at six forty-five, um, fifteen minutes early, uh, ready to talk, uh, ready to uh, just uh, be a part of uh, of, of the, the solution going forward. Um, and then, um, really, without any truly any break, um, I went from six forty-five to I believe it's five oh five oh seven um, straight through PM. So um, you know, my my voice is a little bit hoarse. Um, I'm glad I was. Able to recover last night, get some sleep, but um, you know certainly uh, the, the message from a lot of the players that, that I wanted to hear first and foremost is um, change is hard, um, you know, and, and change is particularly different for each one of our players in different phases of you know their experience here at Colorado. Um, you know, some of the freshmen they've never experienced any form of change in the form of a coach in their life. Um, so, you know, really with the freshmen, uh, the message was very consistent. I, I didn't really know what to think. Uh, I'm, I'm in shock, um, you know, and, and I wanted them to be able to express how they're feeling, uh, to talk about it, uh, for me to be there for them, you know, because that's not an easy thing. I can't just assume that everybody's just ready to move on. Um, Coach Durrell uh, brought uh, a majority of these young players here, and there's a tremendous love and respect for Coach Durrell. Um, and so those players, uh, you know, were, were impacted by it. Um, but I think just for me to, to, to give them that space, to, to speak about it. Um, I think that anytime you're, you're, you have any, any type of hurt that you're experiencing and you keep it in, um, you know, you don't have that ability to, to, to really work through it. Um, and that was one thing. Every single one of my uh, meetings started with that question, how are you doing? Um, and then how are you really doing? Um, and, and then some of the veterans were, um, you know, they've been through this. Um, they've been through some of the you know, guys that got here in 20, even 2018, 2017. You can think, you can do the math on the amount of, you know, uh, interim head coaches, new head coaches that they've had. And they're resilient, you know, and, and it's not easy for them. Uh, but they're resilient. Um, they're looking onward. Um, they're at the tail end of the career. I think it's important for me as, as it being in this position uh, and for our staff to do everything in our power to honor their legacy. Um, as much as they've fought through, as much as they've gone through, to, to make sure that they have an experience these last eight weeks plus, um, an experience that they'll remember for the last, rest of their lifetime, in particular if they're in the, the tail end of their, um, of, of, of their um, uh, experience here at Colorado. You know, the other thing, uh, you know, of course, we know if you look around college football already, you're getting some people done with game four, game five of the season. You know, the portal is rapid. It's, you know, it's players that have played four games are already kind of looking into, um, you know, I've used my four games. I have a red shirt year. I'm going to go in the portal. You know, we, we got ahead of that. We talked about it. Um, we spoke specifically about, you know, where you're where, where you particularly stand. Um, and, um, you know, I was very candid. They were very candid and I felt really good about um, just the entire team's um, willingness and desire to stay here. We all know that this world is rapidly changing and that's subject to change. Uh, but I thought that that was a, another message that was really good. Um, I think all of them realized that every single one of us needs to bring more energy to practice. Every single one of us needs to bring more accountability uh, to how we meet our position meetings, the intention of meetings. Um, and um, I think that they, they really responded today um, with some of their own desires uh, for us moving forward. Hi, Coach, you mentioned that change is really difficult for you personally. What's been the hardest part in this transition for you? You know, I, I think just the uh, the suddenness of it, um, you know, just, uh, you know, going um, to work on Sunday, you know, not knowing what was going to come of it, and then ultimately being in a press conference at 6.30 p.m. I mean, that's a reality of our, of our world that we live in. 
Um, you know, I think the thing that uh, amongst the challenges, among, amongst the, the, the sudden change and uh, almost uh, feeling in a, in a sense of, you know, where am I? What am I doing? Um, you know, I think I'm reminded that, that I'm here for a reason, um, that, that I've been called to this, this purpose, to, to serve these players, to love these players, um, and to do everything in my power uh, to continue to, to make sure that this staff wraps our arms around these players and then demands, um, you know, changes that need to be made for us to go win some football games. Um, and, and certainly that's a process that starts, uh, started today. Um, we saw a recent influx of freshman players just the past few weeks. I know you briefly touched on it on Sunday night. Are we going to continue to see a lot of these young players on both sides of the ball moving forward? Yeah, we're going to play the best players that, that give us a chance to, to win football games. And, you know, some of those freshmen have had uh, opportunities to emerge as a result of, you know, of injuries, um, of, you know, players' uh, of performance. Um, and some of those players have really taken, taken those opportunities and run with them. Um, but we also understand they are freshmen, so they're not going to be perfect. Um, you know, so I think they, they bring a lot of that energy, um, you know, that, that almost that youthful exuberance that comes with being a freshman in college. Um, and I think a lot of our vets have really actually wrapped their arms around it and are excited about it. There, there really isn't a division on this roster whatsoever. Everybody just wants to win. You know, everybody's got a desire to win. And um, if it comes in the form of Jordan Tyson making plays down the field, you know, then, you know, Daniel Arias is fired up about it. Um, you know, R.J. Snead is fired up about it. Montana Lamoni is correct, excited about it. So those, that, I, I really believe that we have um, a, a really good culture from that perspective of, you know, players that can help us win games. Everybody's going to welcome them with open arms. And, um, you know, I think that's what we're, uh, we're continually looking for is who are going to be those guys um, that are going to really provide that energy, provide that jolt, um, not just in practice, but on game day. Mike, I know in the middle of the season it's difficult to, to make wholesale schematic changes, but, but what tweaks or adjustments might be in the offing on, on either side of the ball going forward? Yeah, you know, I think the, the biggest changes that, that we have already you know, made public are putting people in the right chairs, um, you know, put people in the correct seats uh, of leadership, put the players in the right positions. That was another theme, Adam, from yesterday, is just talking to players about, you know, what particular position they feel most comfortable with. And those are ongoing decisions uh, that we're going to be making. But um, we want to put the players in the best position. But I also you know, want to put um, the coaches in the best uh, in the best place so that they can you know further uh, enhance the de development of this roster. Um, and, and I think that's you know evident with a guy like Jeff Smart, uh, evident with Chris Reiner. You know, just um, guys that I think that have been in this program, um, been around, and, and have done a nice job. Um, and then that's going to continue to you know to evolve. I mean, that's the thing that. Uh, that I've learned, um, particularly with the abruptness of, of this opportunity, is you can't make every single change in one day. Um, you know, there's already been a very significant change in the lives of these players. There's been a significant change in the lives of our, co of our coaching staff and myself. You know, so if you change everything day one, you know, then, then it's tough to be able to, to deal with it. Players are resilient, but to a point. Um, and and I, don't, I don't think that we need to make any uh, massive wholesale changes at this point other than just putting people in the right chairs. And then schematically, um, you know, we've gone back to the drawing board, um, you know, on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, those, those changes are, are what we're constantly working through. Um, we found out and did a self-scout uh, offensively and defensively um, and really saw the things that we're good at. And then we saw the problems, um, and the problems are, are either going to be eliminated schematically from what we do, um, you know, or you know, we're just going to make the tweaks that we need to make. Um, there's going to be new language uh, in particular instances, um, particularly on the defense side of the ball with new leadership, um, new fits in the run game. Um, you know, and I think we, uh, we saw some of the benefit of that today. It was, really, it was fun to see, um, just to see guys swarm into the ball. You know, if we could play fast, 
because it sounded simple, then I think we're going to be effective on defense because we have the athletes, we have players. Um, the belief is a huge piece of it. Um, and I think they started to feel that belief today on, on that side of the football. Mike, you addressed a little of this Sunday night, and you, you see a little bit of everything you know, already in your coaching career in a lot of places, a lot of regions. But interim's kind of halfway through a year is kind of the new phenomenon, I guess, <laughs> you know? And, and typically, you kind of know where things stand when, when the coaching staff change over happens. Is that point, you know, do you put yourself up more as a candidate when that happens? Have you had that talk, maybe even? Sunday night with Ray George about it. Could I, you know, what do I have to do to maybe put myself up for this? Or is, is it awkward in that sense again because it's a relatively new thing in this profession? Uh, great question. Um, you know, I put myself, um, you know, in, in, the, in the situation you talk about of a lot of different scenarios in the game of football. And I called my dad, who's been coaching, still coaching in his, I think, 45th year. Um, and, and I told him that this is certainly a new one for me personally. And um, even for my dad, he, you know, he had 40 some odd years uh, of college and pro coaching and never experienced this particular instance. Um, you know, but I, I think, number one, um, you know, I'm looking this, at this nothing about candidacy and all about players, all about these young men in front of me. Um, and I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, if I make it about something that it's not today, um, then I think that you start worrying about the wrong things. You know, and I think the most important thing is, is, is getting these players to believe, getting these players to, um, to, to realize that they are um, capable of doing things that they, don't, they haven't done yet this season. Um, and, and that's my job right now is what's six inches in front of me um, that I have to stare at every single day um, is the opportunity that lies ahead. And that's, that's just winning this bye week. That's true. Like, we, we have to improve this bye week. Um, and then, you know, go out and, and recruit for two days. Um, and then come back, you know, restored, energized, and give them everything I got. Um, so, you know, I, I really am taking it from the, the mindset of, of uh, you know, I'm doing everything in my power to, uh, to, to continue on um, this, the greatness of this program, and we're going to continue to do that for a little bit longer. Here's what your dad said, because it is unique. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I had a, a brief conversation with my dad. I've had, I haven't had much time uh, to speak to anybody, um, you know, but I did have a brief conversation for my dad and with my dad, and he, you know, he just told me that this is uh, it's a great opportunity if you look at it the right way. And I think very similar to what I said, if you look at it from the perspective of, of what can I do um, to make sure that every single one of the players on our roster, they feel cared for, um, they feel like there's hope and there's a vision, um, you know, for where we're going. You know, then, then you just leave everything else up to what happens. Um, but uh, that's the biggest thing that, that I took away from him is just, um, you know, don't worry about uh, what's six months down the road. But there are other things like recruiting um, that have to be long. You have to look at it from a long-sided perspective, you know, and um, recruiting, um, you know, some of the other things that, that from a program standpoint, you know, if we're stagnant on that, that's going to actually set back our program. Um, and so I, I want to do anything from, from my perspective that I can over the course of these next eight weeks, in addition to helping these players to help this program move forward um, to be a great asset to, to Rick George and um, President Solomon, you know, and, uh, and, and Chancellor DiStefano. I think it's going to be important for me to be an asset for them, um, you know, in this endeavor for these, uh, these, these next two couple months and then see where the chips fall. Mike, really glad you brought up recruiting. That was good. What I was going to ask about, um, how much of you know the focus um, with recruiting with the coaching staff is on talking with players that have already expressed maybe verbal commitments, um, and also looking at potential other prospects that you're you're still going after, um, and kind of what is the challenge? Can you just expand a little bit more on the challenge of, as an interim head coach and talking with recruits, just given the uncertainty of what may come for not just you but just the rest of the coaching staff after December? 
Yeah, you know, I think um, you know, I think the, the first thing is that just getting in touch with them. Uh, you know, we as position coaches that and area recru- recruiting coaches have reached out to every single one of them. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I made my first priority without question the guys that are here. Um, and so, of course, that occupied a, a large chunk of, uh, of, of the only day that I've had between Sunday's press conference and today. Um, you know, and then my next step is going to be getting on the phone and FaceTime um, with each of our committed prospects. Um, you know, University of Colorado and Boulder is, a, is an unbelievable place, as we all know. Um, that's not changing, and they all know that. However, there are relationships. Um, so it's got to be, um, you know, we have the opportunity to continue in this, in this endeavor for, you know, several months. So we're going to continue to love these players, build the relationship, but also build the relationship um, with regards to what a special place University of Colorado is and what a special place Boulder is. So, um, you know, those, uh, those flat irons aren't changing anytime soon. Um, you know, Pearl Street's not going away, and we're going to continue to sell all the greatness that this place has to offer. As we all know, it's, it's a special place. You had some key guys that were injured coming into the bye week. Brady Russell out, uh, spotting no Isaiah Lewis. Would you be able to provide updates on any? Yeah, um, you know, Brady Russell's on, on the mend. Alex Fontenot's on the mend. Um, you know, we're, we're making some decisions. Uh, you know, Isaiah Lewis will give you an update at, at a further time. Um, you know, you start getting into that midseason time. You know, there's, you know, there's always those decisions that need to be made um, with regards to the future of a young man. So we're not in a place to discuss that yet. Um, you know, but, yeah, I think uh, we're actually getting healthier, um, which, is, which is exciting. Um, you know, I think that game, that stretch of game four and game five, um, you know, especially on the, the offensive side of the ball, we were starting to experience some, you know, um, there, there, was, there were quite a few players that, that were veteran players that, you know, weren't, weren't up and able to perform. And, you know, that did give way to, to younger players having the opportunities to go out and do things. And, um, you know, I think we're going to be uh, in a better place from a, from a health perspective um, come, you know, come next week when we get off the bye week. So two things that are different but related. Uh, so first off, we saw you today, you know, with different positions, you're all over the field. How much are you looking forward to kind of being involved with the whole team and you know, being actually on the sidelines where you haven't been yet? And I'm also curious, like, when was the last time you were on the sidelines for a game? And then the other part is I'm curious how much uh, the play calling is going to be done by Clay Patterson as opposed to you. Yeah, um, you know, so today was, today was fun, um, you know, because one thing that, I, that I've loved about this team and, and I've commended them on is, um, you know, I've been a part of a similar situation in 2016 at Notre Dame. Um, you know, that season, we, we went to the Fiesta Bowl in 2015, um, had a tremendous season. 2016 was a challenging year. There was a change made, um, you know, at the, at the defense coordinator position in 2016. And, um, you know, I, I think the resolve of our players and how they've handled it and responded to all the different situations that have happened throughout the course of the year, um, not once have they pointed fingers, not once um, have they, you know, really truly hung their heads. Um, you know, they've, they've stayed focused on a mission. Um, and so I, it's been really exciting for me to, to, to really wrap my arms around those guys by virtue of being around their, their individual periods. Um, you know, so I, it, it's, it's a really fun experience to just get to know these guys better. You know, I had them all in my, in my, in my you know, quarterback, or it, wasn't, it was actually my office upstairs, and you know, probably 60 guys, not the guys that aren't in the offensive room, have never been in my office before. Um, you know, and, and you know, my wife uh, decorated my office uh, as a, a kind of a almost a little bit of a coffee shop, kind of a real comfortable uh, kind of vibe in there. And it was fun for them to see all the all this different sayings and pictures of my family, and just those kinds of experience make you feel more connected to players, and, and hopefully they feel more connected to me, um, because obviously you got to make up for for time lost that you haven't had a chance to sink into those relationships outside of just seeing guys in the hall and dapping them up and telling them you love them. Um, in terms of sideline, um, last time that I was on the sideline, I believe, was 2018 at Western Kentucky. Um, you know, we, uh, the last game of the season, we played at Louisiana Tech. Um, 
in school history had never won a game at La Tech, and, and, and we came out and, and, and played tremendous football and won the game uh, first time in school history. So I have a good memory, uh, you know, with regards to the last time that I've been, you know, on the sideline. 2019, uh, Utah State, I actually was uh, up in the box uh, majority of the season, and then I came down um, really for an energy shot um, for the program. Um, and I think my first game down, um, if I'm not mistaken, was at Fresno State. Um, and I think that game ended up being a, a walk-off uh, win for us. So um, I just love the energy uh, of the sideline. You know, I, I love to be, you know, a part of it. Sometimes it's challenging to, to be able to be, you know, an under control play caller and also go out on the sideline with crazy juice and energy and um, the players can feed off of you. I mean, I told the players, um, you know, what, last time I was on the sideline, uh, that's the reason I wear the knee brace I have, a tournament meniscus celebrating a, an interception with a you know, defensive player. So um, that's one of those that stayed with me, I think, now for about four or five years and just keeps getting worse. So I told them I, my, my full intention is to tear my right meniscus um, some point in the next five games. Um, you know, next seven games, excuse me. Um, so I'm excited about that opportunity to get back on the field. All right, one more from Tyler. Mike, you mentioned, you know, the importance of, of meeting with the players, um, obviously all day yesterday. Is that something that uh, you maybe learned from Coach Rowe? Because he talked a lot in the offseason kind of about immediately after last season just going on the recruiting trail after the last game and just kind of not checking in with players. Maybe that was kind of a mistake that, that he made. Um, particular players in the program. Is that something you learned from Coach Rell, just kind of going forward, making it a priority to make sure you're in touch and communicating well with all the players in the program, just given the state of college football and the transfers and the, and all and the portal and things like that that have kind of changed the landscape? I, I wasn't I wasn't very aware, um, you know, at the at the time about what happened. I wasn't here until you know really January, so I, I kind of missed out on on maybe that, that those conversations. So those conversations. But one thing that I I did become well aware of uh, when I met with the players is. You know just just how much of um, you know Coach Terrell meant to those players uh, relationally and as a man and the life lessons that he taught them. Um, you know, but but in terms of, of what I've done and what I, what I continue to do is, you know, I, I think one of one of the the things that I've learned is that, you know, nobody cares how much you know until they care. They know how much you care, right? Nobody no, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care, and um, and you can't do that by just talking to 110 people, you know, in a, in, a, in a meeting room setting, right? You have to do that with intimate conversations to get on the ground floor. Um, you know, it's one thing that, um, you know, my wife was, uh, worked for a, a ministry called Young Life. And, and in that ministry, the whole premise of it is to, is to ba- make relationships and go where, the, go where the players are, go where the kids are, um, which is in their school, school room cafeterias. And then I think the biggest thing from that is I learned the word, uh, the term, earn the right to be heard. You know, and, and if you earn the right to be heard because of your, persona, your personality, your care for them, um, then you're going to find out much more about what makes them tick. And then you're going you're gonna to ask them to do things that are, are, frankly, pretty challenging. The game of football is hard. Um, you know, so I think that's a couple things that I learned. Anything else for Coach Sanford? All right. Uh, Coach Patterson, are you ready? Yes, sir. Hey, thank you very much. <clears throat> How are we doing? See you all. Wasn't expecting to see y'all have to get a haircut today. My beard trimmed. I didn't know I was going to be in front of a camera today, so apologize for the look. Good? Do you want me to go ahead and start? Good? Questions? Clay, just your, your perception of everything that's gone on, obviously, uh, you know, you probably didn't expect you to hire that your job would be different five games into the season. Yeah. So just give us your thoughts on now being in the offensive coordinator role and kind of how you see that evolving as far as play calling, things like that? 
Yeah, I think, you know, at first I'd say, like, uh, I owe everything to Coach Jarrell, you know, for bringing me here and Coach Sanford and, and giving me the opportunity to, to kind of chase my dream. You know, I left, I left Minnesota, um, you know, wanting more responsibility um, and wanting to have, uh, you know, a little more input in the offense. And, you know, I got that here with Coach Sanford, um, you know. And then sometimes, you know, like somebody told me one time, like, it's – it's still your dream, even though your dream doesn't happen exactly like you wanted it to. Uh, you know, this isn't exactly how I envisioned it, but you know, my dream's always been to be a Division One offensive coordinator, uh, and to have the opportunity that Coach Sanford has given me to do that is a, is a privilege. You know, uh, it did catch us off guard, but you know, I think you prepare all the time. You know, to be in the role um, that you want. You know, you mentally prepare yourself. Uh, you work in the job you have, but also work that job like it's the one you want. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're in a good situation offensively where, you know, Coach Sanford and I think alike. Uh, we built this thing, to, you know, together, and, and he's empowered me to, to have some input. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about the opportunity to do it and to do it with him, you know, and, and um, to have a guy like him to, to be my head coach to do it with is a kind of a perfect opportunity for me. We've heard about your high-octane offense <laughs> that you had in the past. How would you kind of describe your, your philosophy as a play caller? Yeah, you know, I, I told my guys today, and, and you know, I've I've had some very interesting situations as an offensive coordinator where I took over, um, you know, and all the way back, my first job, I was 24 years old, uh, and it was kind of like this. I was I was on a, in a car coming back from Houston recruiting. I hadn't met my wife yet, and was not seeing her, but it was coming back, and then we get a head uh, call that the head coach was quitting. And the, the D coordinator looked at me and said, I'm the head coach. You want to call, or you're calling plays. He didn't even ask me. So, you know, I, I think that the experiences I have have allowed me to get to this point. And I told my guys today, like, you know, it, I've never called offense um, and been a part of an offense that we didn't talk about three things, and that's effort, attitude, and toughness. Uh, we talk about that we got to eat every day uh, and empower kids to, to do that. Well, the situation we're in offensively is we have to have all our kids step up and make plays. It's not about one kid. It's not about Daniel Arias. It's not about Brady Russell. It's not about Owen McCown. It's about everybody making plays and, and doing it together. Um, you know, and we're going to run our offense. This is our offense. It's not, um, you know, what I did, it, you know, back then with the, the high tempo, 98 plays a game, all that. We're going to play complimentary football, which allows us to help our defense uh, and, and to also put ourselves in a situation to score points. But the bottom line, guys, is like what's crazy about this game is that football sometimes becomes not fun. And we want these kids to have fun playing football again. These guys have been through a lot of stuff, man. They've had – I mean, I don't even know how many head coaches Brady Russell's had, or I have no idea. Was it six, like with interims? Is that probably right? Right? How many coordinators has he had? How many people has come into his life? Our job as coaches is to make sure these guys have fun and enjoy this experience. Uh, and if they'll do that and they'll find some joy in playing football again, then I think that you'll see good results from them. But we have to empower these young kids to, to, to go out and feel like they can make plays and, and uh, that no matter what happens, they're going to have another chance to fail and to grow from that. You mentioned, you mentioned Brady kind of ex his experience. Now that you have a little more responsibility going forward, how much more of an asset is he going to be, specifically with the tight end room? And yeah. Do you feel like he could almost be a new tight end coach going forward for you guys, just just given yeah. how, much, how long he's been here? Well, it's, it's funny because, like, I, like, you know, sometimes with everything that was going on, I, I walked in the meeting room today, 
and I, I wasn't as prepared as I normally am. And I looked at him, I said, guys, there's a lot going on right now. Here's the notes, and let's go. And then Brady literally said, hey, coach, it's good. I'm the interim tight end coach. So uh, he literally said that to me, uh, you know, and, and that's the case. I'm going on the road tomorrow at noon. So I told him, I was like, you know, you're in charge of these guys. Uh, and, you know, having him as an asset is, you know, to, to help these guys is, is very, very big. And, and, you know, to be honest, we didn't take him on the road last week. And we, but we did that for a reason um, because I wanted to empower these young guys. I mean, there's five freshmen on the bus to go out and, and to, to take control of their group because he's not going to be here forever. You know, it's winding down for him. Uh, and, you know, he wants to lead this thing like the right way. We owe it to these seniors to give them every opportunity to walk out of Boulder uh, proud to be a, a, a Buffalo. You know, and I told them, you know, I told them before the game Saturday, like 20 years from now, Brady's going to walk down the street. Right, and he's going to see Owen, right, or he's going to see um, Dion, and they have to look each other in the eye and say, "We did this at CU, and what's that going to be?" And and for them to take pride in that, and we have to do everything we can to have let them have that pride in this school when they come back here. Coach, you're obviously in an elevated position, and there's a lot going on in this bye week. But as you look back on the first five games, in your opinion, what are the biggest issues of this offense, and are they able to be fixed in season? Yeah, I mean, there's there is definitely um, some things that we addressed today, um, you know, and, and what we addressed with them today was don't beat ourselves. You know, we're not in a situation with the, how young we are and lack of experience at certain positions um, to, to be in a situation to beat ourselves uh, with penalties. You look at a lot of our drives, you know, we were sustaining, we're going, then all of a sudden we have a penalty. Right, and that stops our drive, uh, or we have, you know, we have a drop ball, uh, or we have an MA, and, and those are self-inflicted wounds. And what we're encouraging them to do is to to refocus on the details and to be confident in their details and their preparation to go out and to be able to execute that. Um, but no, I mean, there's a lot of issues we have, uh, and you know, it's we're in a unique situation where can you fix everything right now? No, you know, a lot of it is is reps and time. I mean, when you have, I think we have ten freshmen. I don't know, don't quote me on that exact number, but there's like 10 freshmen playing. I mean, well, 10 freshmen got to get a lot of reps before they get to where they need to be. Uh, but the biggest thing is just encouraging them to be confident. Like, I, I think the biggest thing that I told them today was that, like, guys, we're not confident. We have to go out and we have to be confident in what we're doing. Uh, and sometimes less is more, you know, and being able to execute our, our base offense, no matter what anybody does to us, and to go have confidence that we're going to do it is, is important. So we're going to start with the details. Uh, and coach them hard. We went back and reinstalled a lot of our base plays today, uh, and because they're they're young, you know, and that's what you got to do. You got to teach them. You got to love them, and you got to care about them, uh, and and that's the approach we took. One more for Brian. So now that you're in this position, uh, you said you're going to run the offense, but are there certain things in your offense that certain plays or whatever that you guys have that you haven't really done a whole lot of that you're kind of excited about? But yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I told you guys from the beginning, like I grew up, my dream was to be a Big 12 offensive coordinator at Colorado or OU, and I wanted to run uh, the wishbone. So we'll see you guys on Saturday, next Saturday. <laughs> but, yeah, we have, some, we have some things that, you know, that we have that we haven't got to yet. You know, we haven't had time. We haven't been on track enough to get to some of the things that we've had. And that's – we looked at our overage of, like, how many plays are we over on a game plan versus how many we ran – Right, and we haven't got to a lot of things where it's like we don't need to put new things in. We have just to get to the things we have in, in our offense and stay on track and sustain drives uh, and to go make plays.
So, and, and the bottom line is we have to be able to, to make some chunk plays in our offense. Like that's, we have to have some intermediate pass game, chunk plays. It doesn't have to be explosive. It doesn't have to be 80 yard touchdowns, but we have to be better at our chunk plays of, of being able to, to move the chains and, and to get our first first down and keep rolling. So, yep. All right, thanks, Coach. Yeah, thank you, guys. How's everybody doing? All right. Good. Questions for Coach Chapman? Hi, G. All right. Yeah, same thing for as we asked Clay, but like just your initial reaction to everything, and you know, I know you have a lot of respect for Chris Wilson. Uh, he brought you in here, so just your reaction to everything and losing Chris and, and being in this position that you didn't think you'd be in. Yeah, um, you know, first off, I um, definitely have a lot of respect, you know, for Coach Darrell and his leadership that he um, that he had here and uh, giving me an opportunity uh, to join the program. Um, overall, you know, uh, my reaction. Uh, to everything is, you know, um, you, you have to answer to what you're called to do. Um, and so the other morning when I woke up, um, I was I was motivated and had and energized as as I usually am to uh, to do what I was called to do, which was to coach the D line. And uh, I was called to do something else that day, and uh, I instantly accepted, you know, um, the calling and the challenge, and um, you know, and, and, and got right to work. You know, so my reaction um, is to, for one, accept, accept the call and accept the challenge um, and to respond to the new leadership, which I really believe we're in good hands with Coach Sanford and uh, and, and just and, and just we, we, you know, Coach Sanford and I, we talk just um, <clears throat> not only football, but just, you know, the, just the type of men that we are, I think. Um, Without, without even knowing that this would ever happen, we, we, we've had those conversations and just uh, just the way you carry yourself professionally, I think, and, and stay in the course when things are, are good and things are bad. Um, <clears throat> you know, an 0-5 football team is challenging for not only the players, but it's challenging for the coaches as well. And I think one of the things that I try to do every day, in spite of it being challenging, is stay the course and uh, still pour into my guys. And so, you know, being in this situation right now, it's kind of a, a easy transition because I'm just doing the same thing with with more guys. <laughs> so, with this being your first defensive coordinating experience, uh, have you reached out to any mentors in the last couple of days? Well, what's going to kind of help you in this role? Yeah, uh, well, a lot of guys have reached out to me. Uh, Co Coach Coach Orgeron has called me literally every day. He called me this morning. Hey, G, how was practice? You know. Um, <laughs> And a lot of other guys that I've, I've been around, um, guys that I've been around at the professional level, um, you know, uh, you know Blake Baker over at Missouri has called me, you know, just to offer support. Um, Durante Jones, you know, with the Vikings. Um, the good thing for me is a lot of the guys um, that I've had a chance to build relationships with over the years uh, are guys that are secondary guys, guys that have coordinated before. And that's, that's very helpful for me um, being tied to the front is having guys uh, that, that are friends of mine that um, that I can call and they can share with me their expertise um, and, and I can and I can ask them the tough questions and and, and feel comfortable with doing that so um, that's that's been very helpful for me um, you know I can't I can't answer every call obviously the phone's been off the hook and, and like I said you know when the opportunity uh, came up and uh, I hit the ground running and so all my focus has been on uh, the defensive staff to start uh, to make sure that you know, we're all led the same way and that we're all on the same page and we have an understanding, we have an open dialogue um, to be able to discuss everything and vet everything out. 
um, before we go to the players. And uh, so that's what that's what we've been doing the last couple of days. Hi, Coach. Um, the defense has had a pretty challenging time this season. The past five games, what have been your biggest takeaways, and what are your efforts look like going forward and turning this thing around? Yeah, I think um, some of the traits, you know, we, we have to change our traits first, how we look, how we take the field, um, our energy, our sense of urgency, what you, what you like overall what you see besides um, the scheme and being sound, um, we, we have to change our traits. And, and we've been talking uh, to the entire team about that, right? Uh, again, like I said, when, when things aren't going our way, we still have to have a sense of urgency. We still have to have great traits and we still have to have energy and we still have to have belief. And um, I think that, you know, um, an, an outside eye could, could look and say, do they ask the question, do these guys believe, right? And I think that what we need to change and what we're going to change is the, to the outside eye, you, you're not going to have to ask that question. You're going to look at the team and see, say that they believe, regardless of what the result is, you're going to look at the team and you're going to know that they believe. And so if we can change those interior traits um, and, and get guys to really play from the heart, because I'm going to coach them and lead them from the heart. And that's what I told them today when I broke them down, um, that in spite of our circumstance, you know, I'm, I'm going to give them everything I got and give them my heart. And the coaches are going to do the same thing. Um, defensively, you know, scheme-wise, we're going to be sound and we're going to put guys in the right position to be successful, give ourselves a chance. Um, and when you do that and when you're sound, then tackling improves and the, you know, the takeaways improve. And, um, you know, we had, you know, three takeaways today and a forced fumble. And I told the guys that's not just by accident, right? They did that. I didn't go out there and just and play the game. I didn't, I didn't take the ball away. They did it. And I think that that's a sign of our leadership and, and kind of the energy that, you know, we brought just starting off in our team meeting um, as, as an entire team. I think, um, I think all those little things matter. And I think that it's not, it's not just going to be me and making the perfect call, but I think it's going to be the process and our preparation and, and our, our energy and who we are and how we carry ourselves when everybody's not around. Everybody's not in our team meetings. So the process and, and the things that you don't see, when those things change, the things that you do see, I believe they can change. And, um, and, and it's still going to be very challenging. But that's what we're going to fight and work to do. Obviously, you know, you guys have struggled stopping the run so far this year. Um, how much is that going to be an emphasis going forward? And, you know, we've talked with Coach Terrell this year, and he's mentioned about how, you know, you guys are having good practices, but it's not transiting over Saturdays. Is there anything that you plan on maybe doing differently during the week leading up preparation that maybe you feel like you can get that translation that you want from during the week in practice to Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, like I said, we're going to focus on being sound. And the way we're going to do that um, is we're going to, the way we do it is, you know, today we, we walked through um, and we did formation recognition um, where guys are really taking it. We're really detailing guys knowing what their assignment is. That's how you can be. We're going to be sound. The defense is going to be sound. Now let's make sure that everyone in the defense has a clear understanding of what they can do, where they should align, what their responsibility is, and then what their technique is. And that's going to be huge. Like, uh, you know, with the D-line, I, I record individual every day. A lot of people don't know that. We watch individual just like we watch team. 
because uh, once they know uh, what to do, we have to teach them how to do it. That's, that's the most important thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. We can, anybody can come up, right now you can take a random call sheet and call defense. But the most important thing, great coaches are going to teach their guys how to execute within the defense. So I think, you know, a lot of times obvious things are said, right? Oh, we can't tackle. Well, why can't we tackle? It starts with, okay, where is everybody at on the field, right? And do they know what to do? And if they uh, don't know what to do, then there may be hesitation. If, you, if, you, if you're hesitant with what you're doing and now, oh, I got to go make a tackle. I got to go put my helmet on somebody, right? That's, that's tough. Uh, but it's like everything in life. It's not just football. It's, it's even with your jobs, right? You have confidence in what you do. When you know what to do and how to do it and how to conduct yourself in doing it, then you can execute and you can be good at what you do. And it's the same thing um, with playing defensive football. So we're going to make sure that the guys know what to do and how to do it. And we're going to put an emphasis and we're going to go back and we're going to reteach tackling. We're going to, um, you know, today we did a, a defensive speed drill. Right with the entire defense, um, and we're going to we're going to force the guys to be fast together, not just as individual groups. But we're going to force them to play fast together, right? To go through the drills fast together, to go through the walkthroughs fast together, to take the field together fast. One more for Brian, coach. I know there's obviously a sense of urgency because you've got seven games left, but. Are you also grateful this is a bye week to, so that you can try to figure out how to be a defensive coordinator for a few days before you get into a game week? Absolutely. I, 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 uh, yes, to answer your question. Um, you know, having a bye week gives us, um, you know, the clock is ticking, right? And um, some of the things we need to fix and change, uh, got most teams have years to do that or a year or, you know, a spring. We don't have that. So, you know, but we're not going to make an excuse. We're going to get it right. And um, we just have to be efficient with our time. And I think uh, the last couple of days, as a defensive staff, we, we've done that. Um, with great balance, uh, just like I said, making sure that we, uh, that we have energy. So, you know, we, uh, we took the time to, to meet in the morning. And then, you know, guys had time to go work out, take a walk, whatever they needed to do. Because everything we everything that we uh, that we do in our preparation, we need to be energized and we need to have a sense of urgency. And if we're going to demand that from our players, we have to have that out of our coaches. Um, so the bye week is going to allow us to have time to sort things out. We, but we're also going to challenge the kids, all right, to to take on a little bit more. Um, and I think that that's going to help us uh, schematically. I think that's going to help us uh, play good defense. And and they have to take ownership in that. Hey, we got to do a little bit more, um, and, and we got to kind of treat this like a mini training camp here. All right, thanks, Coach. All right, appreciate you guys. Tommy, you ready? Yep. <coughs> Big time. What's up, Coach? All right, questions for Tommy. Tommy, kind of give us your perspective on what it's been like to be a player here the last few days. Yeah, well, um, new to me. Um, some of my teammates, this is this is same old, same old. So, you know, I was uh, trying to take the uh, points from the guys that I was with. They were like, we know what this phone call is. When uh, I, was, I was with Frank Phillip when I got the phone call, and, and uh, we knew what the meeting was going to be. Um, it's 
obviously sad, disappointing. Um, I love Coach Durrell. Coach Durrell was an unbelievable coach. I, I'm so thankful that he brought me here. Um, but, you know, it's now it's time to move on. Um, there's a new excitement in the building, a new energy. And uh, I think everyone's just trying to lock in and uh, buy into the new coaches. And um, I'm fired up. And I, I, I feel like most of my everyone on the team, I'm getting energy from that everyone's excited. You sort of lose that right, right there. But um, when, when something like this happens, obviously because you guys aren't playing very well, right? So as a team, have you guys talked about galvanizing and coming together and you know, let's make this a positive and, and come together rather than breaking apart? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, I think it's, it's very important for a team to stay together in situations like this. Um, it's a, it's a, I mean, it, it sucks, and uh, we don't want to be in this situation, but it's a situation we're in, and I think uh, we're, us as players are learning to take responsibility for our actions, you know? Coach Terrell is an unbelievable man, and, and we wish that we didn't get his job taken from him. Um, I'm taking it personally. Like, I, I, I feel like I, I need to step up and do better. Um, and I hope that, and I, I feel that most of my teammates are feeling the same way. Coach Shepard obviously mentioned, you know, spending all day yesterday kind of meeting with you guys individually. How important was that to you, and just kind of what was that like just to kind of have that short time with him to kind of talk? You guys are both obviously new to this program, new to Boulder, coming in the offseason, but what was that just kind of like, um, and just kind of strengthening your relationship with him and kind of seeing what, what his message is going to be going forward for you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, Coach Shepard and I have a great relationship. Uh, he was He's one of the reasons why I came here. And uh, so I was obviously very excited when he got the job. And uh, when we started deciding to have meetings, I, I thought it was the best. It was the best thing. We all want, needed to meet with Coach Sanford and and uh, just talk out because everyone's in a different situation and everyone wants to have a conversation with the head ball coach. So it's and that's tough to do. So for him to take that time uh, to meet with us, it shows that he cares about us and that uh, we're important to him. And we have his back. He has our back. Anything else for Tommy? Two more. Tommy, in what ways was today's practice different? Um, I, I felt like there was a new energy. I felt like everyone's intensity uh, increased. I think uh, the attention to detail um, was a major part of practice today. And um, I think everyone was just flying around, and it was, it was focusing on having fun and, and being fast while doing it. There's a lot of talk of all the young guys playing. There is a lot of young guys. There's also a lot of veterans. Guys have been here for a long time. You, Terrence, you know, a lot of guys. So has that group kind of you know, taken upon themselves as well as, hey, we've got to lead these young guys through what's a tough time for everybody? Yeah, you know, I, I can only speak on uh, the guys that I've talked to. And um, I'm, I'm very close friends with the offensive line, obviously. And, and that's where a lot of the senior leadership on the offense comes from. Um, we feel like we just need to keep keep pushing along. It, you know, we felt like we were moving in the right direction, but now there's just like, all right, we have to do it now. It's not it's not like we want to move in the right di direction. We need to have our coaches' backs and play the best that we can. Anything else for Tommy? All right, appreciate it, Tommy. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. Too long, you ready? Terrence, for you, you're one of those guys that uh, this is now your fifth head coach uh, in terms of when at interim. When you look back at this, how crazy has this journey just been for you and, and how much change you've experienced in the time you've been here? 
It's been a wild journey. Uh, like you said, fifth head coach. Um, but at this point, I'm grateful for every experience. I feel like I was able to learn something from each experience. So I try to turn it into a positive and just learn from it. Terrence, obviously the, the team as a whole is kind of taking new energy this week, kind of with, with change. But especially for you guys in the defense, you not only lost the head coach, you lost the coordinator as well. How much is there more emphasis for the guys on the defense just to kind of step up your play and kind of, and kind of get this thing right, at, right away next week with Cal? There's a huge emphasis that needs to happen right now. Uh, the big thing for us as a defense is everybody uh, staying together and staying tight as a group and buying into what Coach Chapman and Coach Sanford are trying to do. I think that's going to be huge for us to be able to do our part in understanding the information faster so we can go out and be able to execute. Terrence, having been around Coach Chapman for almost a year now, um, what are your expectations for him now being elevated to defense court? Uh, I expect him to continue to lead us like he's been doing it, continue to develop players and maximize potential, like he says. And I think he's going to bring fire to the defense, just a different energy, fire. People are going to fly around and play with confidence without that weight on your back like you're afraid to make a mistake. It's going to be fast and free football. Throughout your time with Coach Wilson, what are some valuable lessons he's taught to you? And what can you say about his character and how he is as a coach? Coach Chris is a great coach. I got the utmost respect for him and Coach Durrell as well. I learned a lot of mental toughness from Coach Chris. I learned a, a different style of football and playing attack. He came in and brought that technique to me. And just having different coaches, I feel like playing the different techniques, I've, I've had a little bit of everything. And Coach Chris brought that attack phase to me, and I can continue to add that to parts of my game as I continue to play. Hey, Terrence, you guys have struggled to generate pressure to this point this season. Do you feel like with the new defensive corner, you guys will be able to get to the quarterback and be more disruptive? Definitely. That's one of our main emphasis is being able to get more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we're going to come after people a lot. That's all I can really say there. So, Terrence, with all the changes, they've all been different. You know, and this is the second time you've had uh, the head coach fired during the season, but McIntyre was one game left. This is seven games. There's a lot of time to try to turn things around. So how, how does this one feel different than every other change you've been through? Uh, like you said, we have a lot of games in front of us. And one thing Coach Sanford said is we're going to look at it like an eight-game season. We even cut off the first four games above the board, or five games, rather, and they're blacked out. So I'm looking at it like we have an eight-game season, a fresh start, and I'm ready to get this thing rolling. Anything else for Tulane? All right, thank you. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Um, one more Appreciate house. It. So Thanks one more house cleaning. Um, Ashton Logan late last week was dismissed from the team. Happened before the coaching change happened. Uh, violation of team rules. So thank you.